Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, as we start the show on this Wednesday afternoon, we have sunshine in St. Louis. My cup runneth over, to use a cliche. So much material today, Sue. Really? I don't know. I really do. I'm not exaggerating. A lot of really good stuff, and we're going to get right into it here. How are you? I am fine. Thank you. Fred is here as well. How are you, Hall hey, of Famer? I'm great. Thank you very <laughs> much. The future Hall of Famer. Fred Bottomer with us this afternoon. A uh, ton of stuff to get to. One thing I just want to kind of start with, and we don't know a whole lot about this right now, but I think that the audience would have an interest in this. Sue, did you hear about the whole Diamond Sports, Bally's, Amazon thing today? No. Okay, so you know how uh, Bally's Sports, owned by, I guess it's Sinclair, Claire and Diamond Sports. Oh, Claire was in there? I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they're the owners of all this. Mm. Um, but they're going broke, or they're broke, or... Well, Claire's always been going so broke. So they're trying to figure out what's going to go on with this. So the announcement today was by bankruptcy judges, hey, this is all going to Amazon Prime. Well, then MLB came back and said, wait, well, hold on, we don't know about <laughs> that. So it's a little confusing, and they've gone back and forth. But as someone, and let's face it, it's all about me, as someone who... <laughs> Pays for both, you know, YouTube TV and Fubo only because of the Blues and the Cardinals. I hope they put this damn thing on Prime because I think that's going to solve oh, a lot of problems. Because you already have that. What well, about right, you, Fred? Right. Oh, we've got Prime. Yeah, so yeah that would be good that, for that, me too. I think most people would be happy with that. So we'll see what happens. But we're going to track that and probably uh, get back to it tomorrow. So we have been uh, on this program and maybe even in this opening segment, I have highlighted a lot of media malpractice. I'd say over the years, but certainly even over the last few weeks. A lot of it goes to the uh, the issue of whether it's Gaza or the situation at Harvard. And now you have another one that is absolutely in the ranks of the best of the lies that the legacy media will tell you. Now, the one thing about this, and I've said this for years, and, and for those of you who've been with us for a long time, you know this. It's one thing to get the story wrong because people get the story wrong a lot. But it's another thing altogether to not correct the story when you know that it's wrong. Oh. And that's exactly what's happening here. So I'll do a little quiz here. Did, uh, did you know about the three migrants that drowned and died because the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, and the attorney general, they have these terrible, terrible policies, and they wouldn't let border agents rescue these people who were, who were drowning, drowning I rather. find that hard to believe. Well, that's because— it, it didn't happen. Oh. It, it did not happen. And what happened was, sadly, three people died, okay? But the reason they died is because they were in the Rio Grande and they, they drowned. Um, then there was notification to Texas. So the way—and there's a guy by the name of Drew Holden who's with the Free— He's with the Free Beacon, right, Fred? Right, right. And we're going to have him on tomorrow because I think he's done um, a great job here with a Twitter string. He said, CBS News rushed out a scoop that Texas officials had physically blocked 
the um, Border Patrol from rescuing drowning migrants. Oh, they said they physically blocked them. They said that they had physically. Oh, this story goes deep. Yeah, it wasn't true. Now, he says, while CBS has since corrected the story, it kicked off a mini news cycle ready made to smear Republicans. I've got the screenshots. And he goes down the list here and he cites Bill Malusian because Bill Malusian pointed this out from Fox that you had uh, and this is from I think yesterday the Biden administration once again pushed a false narrative at the border now refuted by their own Department of Justice the White House claim is this on Friday night a woman and two children drowned near Eagle Pass and Texas officials blocked US Border Patrol from attempting to provide emergency assistance DOG DOJ filing the migrants had already drowned at 8 p.m. and Border Patrol didn't inform Texas until an hour later so let's face it here you had remember the horse whipping claims that were not oh, true. Yeah. Uh, that was a false narrative. Well, I'll go all the way back to hands up, don't shoot, because the false narratives take off, and they took off from right here with Mike Brown in St. Louis. So what Drew Holden did, and, and this is there's a lot of stuff about social media I'm not crazy about, and I will say this, I almost got fooled today by some satire, and I'll get to that here in a second. There was something that came across uh, my feed, and I thought, well, this is really funny. I had Abby pull the audio, and then about an hour ago, I'm like, you know, i got to check on that because there was something that didn't feel right, and it right. was. It was satire, and it's actually pretty funny and I'll share the audio and we'll preface it with with satire but that thing gets shared a lot is my point you know it was going crazy around Twitter today and it just wasn't true so in this particular case you have um, a claim and, and he even let CBS News off the hook a little bit because they edited the piece in the headline. They added uh, an editor's note that's a little different than what the original story was about how the um, the border patrol was prevented physically from getting down there. But the rest of the outlets didn't do that. So he's got a Washington Post story, and this is still out there today. You know, migrants drown after Texas blocks feds from part of Rio Grande, DHS says. Absolutely false. Here's um, here's another one from Axios. Homeland Security is calling Texas's immigration policies cruel and inhumane after three migrants drowned while trying to cross the U.S. southern border after Texas military officials prevented Border Patrol agents from helping them on Friday. There is nothing about that that's true. Good grief. And it's been, it's been refuted by the Department of Justice. Now, we got some trust issues with the DOJ. We know that. But there, that is not true. The Associated Press, here's one. This is still up there. U.S. says Texas blocked border agents from entering park to try to save three migrants who drowned. Not true. All right. So this goes on and on and on. PBS NewsHour, the U.S. Homeland Security Department said Saturday that Texas denied federal agents access to a stretch of the border when they were trying to rescue three migrants who drowned. Not true in the least bit. NBC News, a woman and two children drowned in the Rio Grande on Friday night in Eagle Pass. By the way, these aren't from Saturday. These are from Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, right? Um, After U.S. border agents were prevented from responding, federal officials said. No, NPR, this is still up. White House blames Texas in deadly migrant drowning. A woman and two children drowned while attempting to cross the border. Border authorities say the state of Texas blocked them from conducting a rescue operation. Absolutely not true. What's the date today? Today's the 17th. That was uh, on the 14th. Yeah. So that was on Sunday, 536 NPR. Lie. Politico, U.S. says Texas blocked border agents from entering park to try to save three migrants who drowned. Not true. Reuters, a woman and two children drowned in the Rio Grande as they tried to enter the U.S. from Mexico after Texas military officers prevented federal border officials from aiding them. It did not happen. 
Now, Drew Holden says the New York Times just did a little bit uh, better here because they at least made it clear they implicated Texas, but they made it clear that there was no physical blocking. CNN did a more dishonest version of that where they actually had this headline, two children and women drowned in the Rio Grande Authority say days after Texas blocked the feds amid migrant crisis. So they're still dishonest with that. And one of the points, and he cites all this stuff, you know, Rolling Stone, Forbes, MSNBC, Newsweek. You know, we, we like Josh Hammer. He was on yesterday, but Newsweek got this one wrong, too. You had the foreign press because this stuff goes international, right? So you got the, um, you know, the international the UK publications that are out there. You have uh, MSNBC host, I guess he's former, uh, Madiria Hassan, Texas, quote, physically barred border patrol agents. Disgusting, deadly, and it'll get 1% of the press coverage that the Harvard president's resignation got. Well, maybe because it didn't freaking happen. Now, I don't know when this audio is from. Can you tell me when this audio is from of KJP? I, I, I grabbed it off of Fox this morning, so, we so don't, it was either this morning or yesterday. But it wasn't from Saturday, right? And it wasn't from Sunday, we don't think. This is KJP reading the same nonsense. What Governor Abbott is doing is a political stunt, and it's all it's doing is uh, not, it's not making communities safer uh, for certain, and it's also uh, the it's demonizing and certainly dehumanizing people. I was asked earlier about the, unfortunately, uh, the three migrants uh, that died, uh, that drowned um, uh, recently. Uh, and so it is unfortunate that we're seeing that. Yeah, so she's pulling back from, from what she heard about that story, even though I'm sure she knows at this point that that is Wait, not a true story. It didn't happen. When did it, we find out that it didn't happen, and who said that, and at what time? Like The did, drownings occurred on Friday. The clarification came on Saturday. And they still it, ran with it Yeah, They're wrong. still doing it today. All the way, the way through today. You know how many migrant deaths there were in 2022 alone? I don't have the uh, 23 numbers. No. 850 people died. We should also mention unlawfully trying to enter this country, uh, yes. right, in 22. Where was the outrage then? They want to use this against Texas and Ken Paxton and Greg Abbott and Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Because And they want to lie about this as much as they can. So here is Ken Paxton. He's the AG of Texas. They should definitely set the record straight. I mean, they clearly made an accusation without having the facts. Why the Biden administration chose to speak out without actually knowing? Because they didn't. When you accuse me of being part of causing the deaths of Migrants, you ought to have your facts straight. If you don't, then you need to correct those facts so that the American people know you got it wrong. Absolutely. Now, I want to frame this in a very interesting way. And I've said this anecdotally many, many times here over the last, certainly over the last year, and probably more than that because the border crisis isn't exactly brand new. Right. It's three years old with this particular president. So what I've said, sitting here from my spot in the middle of America, in the flyover state that is Missouri, those of you in Illinois, I take no... Um, I, I, I can't help you. You got Pritzker. You got all this nonsense. So I'm speaking for, for my peeps here in Missouri. But I've said this of Jane and some of the other Steve Butts, some of the other, not to tag them with anything in particular. Jane, I know her position. Democrats who are not crazy, like Tashara Jones and Megan Green and some of the others here in St. Louis, they don't like this either. Right now, I've said that. I don't. Do I have any polling to back that up? It's anecdotal, Right. Well, now I got some polling, and let let, let me tell you where this is from. The state of California. Uh, This is in the L.A. Times this morning. This is fascinating. You think this will get any attention from the national media? Poll. Immigration debate deeply divides California Democrats. I bet. Okay? Now, I would have come up with a different headline. 
The headline I would have put in there is California Democrats are just as pissed off as the MAGA, the evil MAGA Republicans out there. Because listen to this. Now, it takes a couple of uh, paragraphs to get to it here. This is a UC Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies poll. Good Lord, you know that they would have been dying for this to turn out in the other direction. But it says this, even in California, a Democrat stronghold, registered voters by, now, you you know polling, Sue. Fred, you know polling. When you have a poll, typically, unless it's Trump against other Republicans, it's a pretty narrow, you know, 55 to 45, something like that. Registered Democrats in California by a margin of 62 to 30 percent mm. say the U.S. borders are not secure in preventing people from entering the country illegally. The majority who say the border is not secure is even larger among likely voters. Voters who support President Trump are conservative or identify as Republicans are nearly unanimous in saying the border is not secure. You know why? Because the border, the border is, is not, not secure. secure. So if, if you identify as strongly crazy, <clears throat> liberal, 54% say the border is secure. 30, but even in the strongly, that, that's kind of interesting too. Even if you're a whacked out nut job on the left, even 30% of the whacked out nut jobs say, yeah, you know what, this is a problem right now. 42% of registered voters say migrants are a major burden. 30% say they're a minor burden. 22% say they're not a burden. So let's do the math on that. That is 62% of Democrats in California say this is a burden for our state and for the country. Now, are they described in the L.A. Times as um, xenophobic? And bigoted and hateful, they are not, ladies and gentlemen. I'm shocked by that, right? Now, they do point out the findings show that immigration is not clear-cut even in California, whose reputation as a sanctuary state often colors discussion on the issue. So then this begs the question even further. Why in the hell is the Biden administration doing this, right? There is no other reason outside of the real reason, which is to increase their numbers and to help their party. Because there's no justification for this. It's constitutionally outrageous. It's ethically and morally outrageous. And they want to blame, you know, Greg Abbott and people in Texas for this stuff. Give me a break. So here's a guy. I can't remember who this guy is. Quentin Folks. Brett Baer just laid this guy out last night. He's with the administration, right? Right. He's a Biden guy. Yeah. So this is a Biden. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guy who they were trying to talk about this issue last night when when we were still on the air because Brett's show airs when we were on the air. What I would say about uh, immigration is that we have to look back. Donald Trump had four years uh, to do something on the border, um, and he did nothing. Um, and then right now what we have, uh, in fact, Donald Trump put uh, immigrants in cages. He separated families, work that the president, Joe Biden, has gotten to work okay. still putting those families back together. 
But when it comes to hold on, immigration, hold on, wait a second. You're not saying that the, the situation in immigration and the border is better under the Biden administration? So this is another one of those media lies they try to throw out there. Unfortunately for this guy, Brett Baer is going to call him out because if this was on with Nora O'Donnell or somebody at CBS News, they wouldn't mention this at all. Then it is under the Trump administration. Is that what you're saying? Brett, what I'm saying to you is that President Biden took office. Uh, sent a comprehensive immigration reform package to Congress. They have refused to pass it or do anything on it. They are grandstanding and Quentin, playing he political swayed, games. He switched remain in Mexico. Issue. Remain in Mexico policy, he flipped. Uh, release, catch and release, he flipped. Uh, he changed Donald, the border Donald Trump situation. Rounded up, Donald Trump rounded up immigrants, separated families, and put them in cages. That's not how we treat human There are beings. more kids yeah. Biden, in custody Biden. under the Biden administration than there were under the Trump administration. Now, that's just factual. And they want to keep – and here's the advantage for that guy on with Brett Baer and most of the other Democrats who go on CNN. They can spit this stuff out, just like the border situation. Pay attention to this if you're watching the legacy media, because they're going to still refer to the three people, these poor migrants who died drowning in the Rio Grande, because the evil Republicans, the MAGA Republicans, wouldn't let them go and rescue the drowning woman and her kids. Complete. I mean, this, this one's not even marginal. Nothing about it. I am scared as heck. That's the vice president talking about this upcoming segment with Brian Kilmeade. Scares her to death, Kilmeade, that you're on here once again on 97.1 FM Talk. How are you? Brian, are you there? Yes, I had, this oh, great, I'm here. I had this great intro, and then he doesn't react to it, and I failed as a host. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Uh, something that Nikki Haley said is going a little viral today. This was something that was said on um, Fox this morning. We're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Did you notice that that has gone uh, viral out there on the socials, Brian, with a lot of people hammering Nikki Haley over that comment? Yeah, I mean, basically, I played Joy Reid, and Joy Reid said, oh, the reason why Nikki Haley lost, I'll just summarize it, is because it's the Republican Party, and she's got brown skin. Right, exactly. So it was a layup. It was a layup. And I'm not sure if she fully understood it. You know, keep in mind, she's in the middle of a diner. And I was trying to talk to her in the break, and she was having trouble even talking to me in the break. So when we started, she goes, okay, the audio's straight. I'm very curious to see if she heard it correctly. Because she's went on a racist country. I said, okay, that's good. I agree. And then she says, we've never been. Well, the problem is, it, to be totally candid, uh, it's the Democratic Party that's always had the problem with race. The Republican Party's never been perfect, but the Republican Party really existed to take on the Democratic Party and the, and the anti-race, uh, anti-slavery platform. So that, by the way, is an announcement. I'm at the train station. So, um, so when she went off on that, people just jumped on it, basically because – she blew the Civil War question three weeks earlier, and I also thought she could have taken her time and taken a beat before she answered. If you listen to the pace in which she was talking, it was uh, off the charts, and she had about an hour's sleep, and then she had to walk it back. But the, the answer is really very simple. I lost to Donald Trump because Donald Trump uh, uh, owned Iowa from day one, and I think it'll be a different story in New Hampshire. And the color of my skin has nothing to do with it. The fact that I'm a woman has nothing to do with it. If I win, it's not going to be because I'm Indian, and if I lose, it's not going to be because – and if I win, it's not going to be because I'm a, I'm a woman. I'm going to beat him straight up in New Hampshire. That should have been the theme. So when she does not do that, and if she does not do that, then, then what happens with Nikki Haley? I mean, I, I think it's very difficult for me to believe that she's going to beat Trump. Now, the, the polling is, is better for her there, right? I think I heard DeSantis is at like 6%, so he's given up 
on New Hampshire. But what path, if she doesn't do what she thinks she's going to do in New Hampshire, there's no path here, Brian. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, because in South Carolina, I don't think, you know, I haven't seen updated polling in South Carolina, but the last one she was down by 22. Uh, the very popular governor was one of the first people to endorse Trump in 2016. Uh, he's been a big fan of Trump, so they've been working together. So even though she does have a popularity in South Carolina, I don't think that she's more popular than Trump did. That might be a state in which he is most popular, period. But in New Hampshire, the new polling came out, and he, uh, the latest polling came out, and he's down by 16. He's up by – Trump is up by 16. If that is the final, this is it uh, for Nikki Haley because uh, she's thought to be much more attractive to moderates and traditional Republicans, and both of whom – uh, there's 345,000 of the 1.4 million New Hampshire residents consider themselves undeclared. They don't declare a party. They wait to decide which primary they want to vote in without without uh, Democrats to choose from. They're very patriotic people. Most people run for some type of office. Even the governor's up every two years. So they're going to get involved. Well, and if she can't do it here, I think she's I think she's done. What about the other guy that's still in this race, Ron DeSantis, who I really had hoped would succeed and, and do better? I go back to a year ago. I think a lot of my listeners were, were in on that as well. He did not really test well on the national stage. He has really punched through despite a lot of money being spent. Why is he still in this race? Well, I'll tell you what. Don't, don't shortchange the fact that it's $50 million worth of negative ads. The minute he won and made it clear that he was going to run, that's when the Trump team uh, emptied their arsenal on him creatively. They got at his integrity. Uh, they talked about disloyalty, and he waited. And I'm not saying anything's wrong, but it's just worth uh, it's worth remembering. Before he even got in, there was 30 million of negative ads. That's who Trump was opening up on, not on Joe Biden. He saw the said this is a threat, and to his credit, because this is strategy. Keep in mind, it, it's this is not personal. Vivek is the best example. One day before he endorsed Trump, Trump was calling him the biggest fake. He's he's a fake MAGA. He's not real. Next thing you know, he's introducing him and endorsing him in New Hampshire. So he's going after Ron DeSantis. And with Ron DeSantis at this point, the way I understand it, with running out of money in South Carolina, he's not going to win. In New Hampshire, he never invested. And Super Tuesday, I don't know where he starts. Even though he's got plenty of energy, I don't know if he has the money. He's got to get out the right way where he's set up to run again. Remember, Reagan went after Ford, but then uh, lost, but then came back again. Ted Kennedy went after Jimmy Carter. Could not come back again. Bush 41 went after Reagan. Then he combines with Reagan, comes back and wins again. So there, there's a story over in McCain, lost the nomination, came back and won. Uh, Romney lost the nomination effort, came back and won. So the way you get out with your integrity intact, maybe the next generation, maybe too early, will decide whether you, whether you have a bright presidential future. Huckabee was so strong, was a big surprise, was a great host on Fox. Went back to run, and in Iowa, he left his job at – and by the way, he's doing great now. But he left his job at Fox, could not resonate, and then when he came back, uh, he was diminished just a little bit. I mean, he's back with a great show, and he's a fantastic personality. People even forget that he was a governor and was, and was I know. combined with Tucker Harris to run. So I'm not saying – but if he – this guy's not even 50 yet. He's got to get out the right way. I think the reason, by the way, let's just acknowledge that the reason Mike Huckabee has done so well is because of Relaxium, uh, because he, he hawks that quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> Mark, you see right through it, absolutely. And also, he was smart enough to write those books explaining Trump to your children. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've aired those ads here on 97.1 FM Talk. So I know earlier today you had even a discussion. Maybe it's not too early to start talking about this. Curious about your opinion on VP picks, because I, I don't see one of the— you, know, you mentioned Bush um, and Reagan, and obviously they went after one another, and then they became president and vice president. I don't see that happening with any of these folks running against Trump. So what are your thoughts there? My thoughts are Lee Stefanik, Christy Nome, Byron Donalds. Those are the three. I also got confirmation from the best source possible that Lee Zeldin's also being vetted. I also do not think, despite what he said to Martha and Brett, I do not think he made up his mind yet. There's just no way. Uh, that's not the way he does things. He waits to the last minute and finds out who's hot. I don't look at the vacant. It's not nothing negative on him. He's a replica. What does he do? Uh, what does he do that he can't do as a surrogate? You know, he'll get a position if Trump wins. Right. But yeah. to, be, to combine with Trump, what's the point? Yeah, and I don't think because he's— they do the same thing. they got the same background. I don't think he's looking at it that way either. And you know, I will say this, and, you know, this is maybe part of the process. I, I kind of became a little bit more interested in Vivek as this all went along, mainly because of the way that he handled the media. And let me segue into this, because I just spent 15 minutes in my monologue going off on this ridiculous— Another Hall of Fame moment of journalistic malpractice with this story about the three migrants who died and drowning. Greg Abbott in Texas did not, you know, they refused, they physically refused to let the border agents do their job. It's a heap of BS. Nothing about it is true. And they keep repeating it like it happened in this administration, Brian. It's about to all explode in their face because facts are facts. Uh, They even asked on CNN, Wolf Blitzer, asked Ron DeSantis, how do you feel about the Texas National Guard letting these guys drown in? And I could tell by look on DeSantis' face. He knew nothing about it, and he should have said that. But he said anything that happens, it really is the federal government's fault because the reason why the National Guard is needed is because they don't do their job. But that's not the right answer. The answer is I don't know those to be the facts. And then it turns out Bill Malusian just watches tweets. There's, there's nobody with better sources, him oh, and Griff Jenkins. They're going to find out the facts. And he already pointed out that is categorically not true. And the Homeland Security, I believe, tweeted out that they did die because the Texas National Guard didn't let them in. So who are these people lying? How are they able to get away with it? Please hang that around their neck. Do not let up on them. Well, look, uh, you know, I mentioned this guy, Drew Holden, who exposed this from the Free Beacon. He's going to be a guest tomorrow. Bill has just done some amazing work. And when I talked about this, I framed around this. Did you see the story? This is like still I'm looking at the website right now in the L.A. Times. The headline immigration debate deeply divides California Democrats poll fines. Did you look at the numbers in that poll by any chance? In terms of where the ranks of importance? No, in, in terms of this is, I think this says a lot, because I've made the case that people here in my part of the country who are Democrats are just as outraged as some of the rest of us. In California, Brian, 62% of registered voters to 30% say the borders are not secure. That number, by the way, goes up with likely voters. Those are Democrats. No Republicans included in that sample at all. Doesn't that say a lot if Cal- overwhelmingly California Democrats say, wait a second, this is crazy what you're doing at the border? Absolutely. And because, you know, the so smart thing is, not necessarily in California, the cities are littered with illegal aliens. Now they're the ones that aren't on the streets are in the hotel rooms. And the, guess what? Your taxpayer dollars are doing it. Do you know we just had a budget in New York and it's another $2.4 billion for illegal immigrants? Now, with 60 percent of which need some type of social services. Whether it, and that doesn't even count the schooling that they're getting for free. And here we are talking about Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, uh, all this. Uh, all, we, nobody has health insurance, but these guys get health insurance. In what planet is that fair? On what, what, politi- what politician thinks that's beneficial? Finally, people are waking up, and it was Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis 
who started understanding that this is not a border problem. It's a 50-state problem, and uh, that's why they might be able to get something done uh, with President Biden, but he's so detached. And did you see his surrogate on with Brett last night? Yeah, Donald I just played Trump that. I just played that audio. Yeah, Brett ripped him, ripped him apart. They keep going to these talking points, and they work on CNN, right? They work on MSNBC, but then when they get challenged, you know, they, they get called out. By the way, if you dig deeper into that poll that I just cited, on this is interesting, too. 72% of Democrats in California think that the uh, the migrants are a burden to their state. 72%. And, and those are Democrats. So I find that interesting, really interesting, especially considering that this administration is going against um, really everyone in the country because they want to increase their numbers politically, I guess. What's coming up on Sunday night? We're already at Wednesday here, Brian. What do you got going? Yeah, um, uh, let me see. I'm definitely going to have Pierce Morgan. I'm going to be uh, that for sure. I'm going to have Joe Concha do the news duel. Uh, it looks like I'm going to have Harold Ford to talk about just what you just mentioned. Uh, that is for sure. So uh, I still got a, I still have a roster to fill out. I got a couple of days to do it, and I got to see what breaks. Do you have a relationship with Pierce? Do you know him at all? Oh yeah, yeah. From working, I, yeah. I, for some reason, we really get along. I have no idea. I guess he doesn't really know me, <laughs> but we just have totally hit it off. I like him. You know, every once in a while, I don't agree with him, but you know, there's a guy that's not afraid across the pond to ask some tough questions of some folks, which I, I think is is interesting. All right, listen. Have a great week. We'll look forward to Saturday. We'll talk next week. Go get him. All right. That's Brian Kilmeade. You hear him every morning here on 97.1 FM Talk and see him on the big shows on Fox. I I didn't really, you know, I opened with the bite from Kamala Harris. I want to get into that because she was on The View today. (laughs) Oh, great. Yeah. A lot of great audio from that. I'm telling you, I opened the show saying my cup runneth over. Got a lot of stuff today, including Paul Morrow from Fox, who's going to talk about some of these cases that have been in the news. The Gilgo Beach murder investigation, they added another murder to that. Daniel Penny, you know, the guy that did the um, the chokehold on the homeless dude who was crazy in the subway in New oh, York. Oh, that's right. And the guy died. There was a request for that trial, or I'm not even trial, the charges to be thrown out today. Paul's Good. got the details on that. We have Sue's News coming up after the top of the hour. This is also the day, Wednesday afternoon, when our friend Alex Rich from Y98 drops by for a visit. i got a bunch of stuff, Sue, to chat with you and Alex about, including some of the EV charging problems that are happening around the country. Uh, some interesting reporting out of Chicago. So we'll get to that yeah. in the next hour and a bunch more. Bill King, who is a, a former opinion columnist, he's an editorial board member at the House Chronicle. He's written some books as well, but he wrote a great piece that caught my attention on Social Security and Social Security reform. So we'll get to that here in the 5 o'clock hour plus an audio cut of the day. Paul Morrow back with us, Fox News contributor, retired NYPD inspector, and of course the founder of the OpsDesk.org. Were you kind of after all these years and appearances on Fox, did they kind of promote you here recently, Paul? Is that what I heard? You're official. I, uh, they, they officialized me. Yes, exactly. I got my ID card. I get in the building. How's that? Well, they should have officialized you. That's great. Congratulations on that. Let's start with Daniel Penny. I was hopeful this morning when I was watching you and hearing this a little bit that um, Daniel Penny is that Marine veteran who is um, accused of murdering Jordan Neely. That was the homeless guy that was on the subway in New York last May. So this went before a judge to kind of get it dismissed today. Right, Paul? It did, and the judge declined to dismiss. And despite what uh, some of the reporting was, that's not surprising because yeah. it's a very hard, it's a very high bar to dismiss a charge that has been voted in by the grand jury. You're essentially nullifying the decision of the grand jury. It's very, very rare, and certainly in a case that's this high profile and this charged here and across the country, no judge really wants to be the person to go out on that limb. So. 
I think this one is going to play out in court. We're going to see a trial. So I love the uh, the statement from the attorneys. Thomas Kenneth said, while we disagree with the court's decision not to dismiss the indictment, we understand that the legal threshold to continue even an ill-conceived prosecution is very low. Got a little uh, little jab in there, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, look, he is seating. They knew this was coming. And so they're seating the field for uh, the jury selection and the media hullabaloo that's going to surround this case. Everybody knows that it's coming. A lot of the issues that we all talk about are, are going to be embedded in this. And uh, I think it's going to catch national attention. I'm sure we'll be talking about it again. Yeah, and, you know, Paul, I guess maybe with, with an ordinary case, you might see a situation where there's some sort of plea bargain. But I, in this case, you wouldn't expect Daniel Penny to say I did anything because he doesn't feel, nor do I feel, that he did anything wrong here. I agree. And I think that he is signaling quite clearly that he's not going to take a plea. And I don't know that anybody is going to be satisfied with a plea on either side. Every, uh, both sides are pretty dug in. There are a lot of people who, you know, you saw it at the courthouse today. People surrounded his SUV, screaming at him, et cetera. The, you know, the highly charged situation around this has already begun to spark up. And any deal that he were to cut, um, I think both sides are going to have gripes with. So, no, I think you're right. I think we see a trial. And uh, the only thing I can liken it to is the Getz trial, which occurred when I was a kid. And very similar circumstance, diff- different city, but Bernie Getz, who got some people who were uh, black youths who were yeah. uh, robbing him on the subway with sharpened screwdrivers. And, you know, the facts there were more heavily weighted against the defendant. Getz, by all accounts, actually stood over and fired a coup de grace in one of the, into one of the, uh, the people that was, uh, were robbing him, paralyzing him for life. And yet the jury came back and acquitted him on attempted murder and the assault charges. And he was only found guilty of a minor gun charge for which he got, uh, if I recall, like time served. So that's how that went then. A lot of people hearken back to that, to this case. And uh, like I said, though, very different city, very different time. Was that, you know, I remember that being in the news. I don't remember the particulars. Was that in the 80s? Does that go all the way back to the 80s, Bernard Getz? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, uh, bedtime here in the city. And, um, you know, it was on the subway, which is always a real uh, litmus test for the conditions here in New York. And at the time, things were very bad. You know, you just look back on Google, you'll see that the uh, subway cars were all covered in graffiti. They were really decrepit, and the whole system felt that way. And that was a little bit of a populist rebellion, uh, the fact that everybody knew that, you know, he probably should have been found guilty of some higher charge, but the jury just didn't want to hear it. And it was a diverse jury. You know, people were just fed up. And so a lot of those vectors are blowing through this uh, Daniel Penny case. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch. But I don't mean to make light of it. At the end of the day, Neely is dead. Um, Penny is fighting for his life. And so while it's a barometer for some political and other issues in our town, in our country, there's a lot at stake for these, uh, you know, for Penny's life. And and I understand it for Neely's family, who weren't exactly in his life, it seems, but nonetheless, the man is dead. And so, you know, it's a serious situation. We'll see how it shakes out. Just uh, quickly, Paul, because I'm running out of time, and I know you're short on time, too. Just uh, what happened? We saw some coverage yesterday of the Gogo Beach murder investigation. Another um, another murder added to his uh, charges, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is really interesting. So what they did was they went back and they were able to culture the genome of the hair that they found on the belt that bound the last of Herman's alleged victims, uh, Emberlyn Costello, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Brainard, uh, Maureen Brainard Barnes. And um, they were able to get a hair off of the belt that bound her. And they only had the hair itself. They didn't have the root, which is normally what you need, but the technology 
has risen to the point that they can culture that and they can get a very good DNA wow. sample. They I did. It takes that. a long time and it's expensive. But they got there and the hair comes back to his wife. Oh, Whoa. my. Really? Isn't it interesting yeah. how this yeah. stuff sort of, um, you know, in the long run, they, I they catch up with you? Yeah, I did not realize that they could now do it without the root. That's really interesting. Yeah, and that's new. And it's like I said, it's expensive. It takes a lot of effort. Um, and uh, they got there, but that's why they were pretty confident that they were going to get there. And the interesting thing about it is the belt that I'm talking about has the initials of what appears to be Hureman's, Rex Hureman's grandfather. So it looks like in his, she was the first of the victims. I misspoke. Um, it looks like he bound her with like a belt that had been in the family because the initials are um, come back to her, his father's, uh, I'm sorry, his grandfather's name. So it looks like he took like a leather belt that he had in the house. This is all alleged, obviously, in speculation, but he's still innocent yeah. until proven guilty. But nonetheless, the initials on the belt was the clue that the task force, the previous task force had released to the public hoping to get a break. And don't you know, that is and ends up being dispositive. That's where they got the wow. one single hair strand. That is and, crazy. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and, something's coming for a beating here. And if I could just say, remember something, very remote area, very harsh conditions. That crime scene team in the middle of the pine brush managed to find one hair wow. on that belt, and it solves the case. Power to them. That is amazing. Power Paul Morrow, always great to have you on. We appreciate it. Check out obsess.org. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, guys. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.